Odyssey.fm presents the Lightning Interview at Christian Musicians Summit Northwest 2015. G'day and welcome to Wombat Worship with Mia Fields. And that's really all the time we have with Mia today, but... Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty clever. Funny, I feel like that's what Americans would love to hear from me. Like, I want to be the crocodile hunter of worship. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be here anymore because you've been stung by a stingray. Oh, it's too soon. You can't talk about it. I it's know, too and Bindi's on uh, Dancing with the Stars. It's a sensitive and... topic for Australians. I know, but you guys keep your history, and we haven't even... We're, we've started, and people are going to be so lost, but, like, your history is so... Um, you keep it so close where like in America we just like ditch it you know a hundred years ago we're like I don't know what happened but we, we do because a hundred years ago we were all like in jail yeah criminals yeah. being shipped over for stealing bread yeah are you are you bitter about that no what an excellent like legendary heritage that I have it means that I'm a little bit cutting edge and a That's little true. bit of like a street rat well, and you're wearing like a leather jacket too, and uh, so which you're is super on fleek. That's what the youths are saying now. On fleek. On fleek. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I don't know what a bay is, but I always say, if you say bay, I'm going to punch you in the face. So. I'm so lost yeah, right now. Don't worry. All the youths, like they'll be totally relating right now. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it's like the it's the word bay, like babe, like and like, but without the b. I don't know. Oh. Basically, I just want everybody to redo a literature class and an English class and like just get. On yeah. Point. Can we just get like back to like normal words? As a lyricist, I have a I'm a little bit like disturbed about the state that the world is in. Yeah. Uh, well, and if you listen to enough Christian music, you can be like really, you get like crazy how bad some of the lyrics are no, out there. No. No. Because I write lots of Christian music, so what if it's my songs you're talking no, about? No, but it's. I, it, would I say that to you? I probably would say it to her if her song sucked, but you, they don't. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if you did, I would be like, I'll take it, man, I'll take it. All right, that's fair enough. Let's, let's pull out some of your songs and let's just kind of go and critique them one by one. We've got time. Okay. No, we're not going to do that. By the way, here's our <laughs> official introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at CMS Northwest, and uh, we've uh, grabbed Mia Fields, and we're just right now chatting randomly. But uh, we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about kangaroos and myths around kangaroos, yes. Vegemite, and perhaps songwriting and ashes. Your yes. EP. Yes, but mostly just to like speak truth into like myths about Australia. All right. And set the record straight for every American. Can we start with kangaroos then? Is it okay if we start with that? Sure. Um, what What's the official word for kangaroo meat if you eat it? Roommate. Roomy? Yeah, or. Well, not many Australians eat it. It's kind of tough. Right, it's Australian, a little gamey. It's very gamey. Yeah. A, um, a kangaroo is a very lean animal and they're a very strong animal, so it's very tough meat. Okay. See, we've already offended a whole bunch of people because being Americans look at kangaroos like they're super cute and stuff, but they're kind of like a giant nuisance rodent thing, right? Well, they're very adorable, but they right. can be a nuisance. Um, they're kind of like a deer here. Like, right. drive along on the road at night and accidentally hit one. Right. But then people, sometimes people will pick them up and put them in their car and take them home and eat them. No, that does not happen. In, it, it happens in, like, Wyoming. In Wyoming, but that's a very redneck thing to do. <laughs> yes, it is. And so that doesn't happen in Australia, even if you're a Yabo? Not really. You know what, what I used to do, though, like when I was a kid, is if we would see a dead kangaroo on the side of the road, I would always stop and check its pouch because um, It often, had some money or...? Yeah, it was, like, loaded. I was like, I'm going to, like... 
steal this kangaroo's cash. No, um, because actually, like, when, when you hit a kangaroo, often, like, um, if they're a female kangaroo and they have a joey in their pouch, that the joey will still be alive. Really? And so, like, it's always good to stop and check and then, like, rescue, take, take the joey to a shelter if it's still alive. But the last time I ever did it was um, the kangaroo had been there for quite a while and I opened up the pouch and there was maggots inside. Ooh. And so that was a pretty disturbing experience. That was the day I decided I never wanted to be a vet. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. How many people can say that they've like checked pa kangaroo pouches on the way home from school? I, I, how old were you when you were doing this? Like 14 or 15. Wow. I always make my parents pull over on the side of the road. I'd be like, ah, stop, there's a kangaroo. Now, were you with uh, Hillsong at that point, checking those out? Was that inspiration for songs? No, you, you know what? I actually grew up in like um, a really small country town, and so there was a lot more like wildlife there. Yeah. A lot more like you would see like wombats and you would see kangaroos pretty frequently. Um, in in the city, not so much. Like it's the same as here. It's, you wouldn't see a deer running across the road in the city. Like, so I moved to um, Sydney when I was 17. Okay. Is that when you got uh, connected with Hillsong? Yeah. Hillsong so I United? moved up there to do the college. Um, and I ended up doing not the music course, I did the pastoral course, but got involved um, with, like, you know, the youth ministry and started singing on, like, the worship team at, at youth. Yeah. And then started getting involved with the United team and then, like, got involved with, like, the, the Hillsong Live team. And so it was kind of just always writing songs, handing songs in and just, like, loved being involved. And honestly, I would say, like, the, the 10 years that I was there, you know, writing with the, with the team there and being a part of that church honestly was like so foundational for like everything that I'm doing now in America and honestly it was such a, a great place for, for me to like get sharpened just by other writers like sure. you, know, you know I really I'm great so grateful for like you know Darlene Check and Ruben Morgan like Joe Houston like in just like they're um, them like sharpening me and always challenging me to be better and like to work harder yeah and um Honestly, it was just so. It was such an important part of like my songwriting journey. It was being part of like a local church and like le getting sharpened by the people around me. I think that's like it's huge. I mean, um, I, I think as we're getting more serious here, that, I know. See like, that transition? It was such an easy segue. I know. I from kangaroo maggots and uh, right into right into uh, like song. worship. Right. You should do more wombat worship shows. You should have your I own know. podcast. Um, we'll help you get that launched. Hashtag right? wombat worship. Yeah, I, yeah. let's trademark it now Right. because somebody will pick it up. This yeah. is trademark. Don't touch it. Wombats are probably the least worshipful animal on the planet. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what a wombat looks like. You know, they look like a little bear. Oh, do you know what a wombat looks like? They're, very, they're yeah. very, very heavy, short, dense animal. Like, um, if, you, if you hit one with your car, it would definitely do a lot of damage. All right. Because it would be like hitting a boulder. And I completely destroyed the, the beautiful transition we had by going into that. Hang um, on, let me see if I can, like, segue can, it. Can you bring it It would be like in? hitting a boulder, much the same as, like, the Holy Spirit collides with us in worship. He hits us like a wrecking ball. Okay, and go. That was probably not as smooth as I wanted it to no, be. No, but it was really clever. I okay, really appreciate great. that. So, but so you had some mentoring in songwriting. Uh, so if you wrote, let's say, a bad lyric, or, or you would have somebody that would actually kind of call you into accountability there. Well, you know, actually... Um, You've never written a bad lyric? <laughs> I've written plenty of bad lyrics. Yeah. My first song, two songs were rap songs, and they were terrible. Rap songs? Rap songs. Excellent. Um, you know, that's one thing, like the, uh, like, the culture of America is very much, like, fundamental, fundamental, fundamental. Yeah. And um, I'm actually, like, kind of anti-fundamental because I think it puts a lot of pressure on one person to be responsible for your gifting. And I, yeah, and like, yeah. and I think, to be honest, like, 
it's almost like having to babysit somebody to mentor somebody and, yeah. I, and because that's what it becomes i have found like the best mentorship that like i ever got was being in community and around people who were who were better than me at something and further okay, ahead yeah. in life and so i honestly think like you know I, did I have mentors? Yeah, but often there were people from afar that I really just looked up to and admired and like sure. would, would glean from from afar. Um, you know, it's uh, some people will say to me, like, yeah, but you were, you were in Hillsong Church. You had, like, all the best people. Like, yeah. And I think, yeah, but, like, I think I, God still would have done this, like, like the same thing and I would still have had the same opportunity to get good at, like, at, like songs and lyrics um, no matter what. Like, I, I think it's... I think it's about like you have in your life what you value and like so get around people that are better than you like and yeah. and and that are you know sharper at things and I go it's it's impossible to not be like sandpapered by people and to get better right you know so I'm like I believe in like as far as mentoring like I had people that I looked up to and people that I was gleaning from as as much as I could from afar you know like I'm um, like Paul Balash and like right. um like, I mean, Paul was, like, someone who I think is just, like, such an amazing songwriter. Nicole Norderman, I looked up to her yeah. so much. I love her lyrics, you know. But then but then as well, like, you know, just being around com- people in the same community and and getting better. Like, I was, I had, I struggled with, like, you know, melody. And so I got around people who were better at melody than me. Yeah. You know, and so I like think. So, like, when you, like, with, uh, write with Matt Marr, which you've done a couple of yeah. times. Um, you know, jazz pianist. I yeah. mean, Matt Maher, let's be honest, Matt Maher is basically the golden child of the Christian music world. I do not know anybody who doesn't like Matt Maher because yeah. he is such, he's the most generous person. Every time I'm around him, I learn something. Um, well, he's, he's steeped in scripture. Oh, my gosh. And his songs are always steeped in scripture. He's, he's uh, like, and I, and I just love, he's the, like he's like Catholic and like spirit-filled and just like a scholar he's a scholar and a gentleman yeah yeah i'm i'm a great friends with his family and like they're just amazing people but matt is like someone who like i think is one of the most generous writers on the planet like because he to be honest the guy is so talented he really doesn't need anybody to help finish his songs yeah but but he's so generous about believing in the community of of writers like in the community and um, of like musicians and like believing that like we're better together and has and pulls a bunch of people in to like yeah. finish like writing songs with him or writing songs for their records and so yes yeah, so Matt and I have written for his last four or five records now he's not in Nashville now is he, or did he he's just, in Nashville so he moved from Phoenix Guys, to Nashville everybody's in Nashville now well, no everybody's moving there um, I keep seeing friends uh, uh, Ross King who's a friend of mine just moved there from Texas totally who's that like Ross King Ross King I was like great I was just saying that's great oh that's great okay. yeah I thought you said that's Greg, and I don't know who Greg is. No, that's just the accent. See how we got lost in translation there? Yeah. Well, there's another guy here's a, a friend who is uh, from south uh, south of uh, London. I can't hardly understand anything he says. But um, I bet you it's charming. It is. It's very posh. I like that. Yeah. I kind of like the, like, the more redneck like English accents. Like there's, I like the Essex accent. Can you can you do one for us? Yeah, real quick? it's like this. It's like I'm above it. Do I look above it to you? Is it though? Oh, look like my the, face. To- the, the is it the Towies or the ta- Towies? Towies. Oh, I love the Towies. There you it's go. So good. The only reason I know that is the Graham Norton show. Right. Because uh, I try to catch that. You guys, if you don't know that, it's probably probably foul and you shouldn't watch it, but it's very entertaining. Hey. As the spirit leads judge. you. As the spirit leads you. As the spirit leads you. 
Well, let's talk about your EP real quick because that came out uh, a few months ago called yep. Ashes. Um, yeah. Now you've been, you mentioned earlier, you've been kind of behind the scenes, you writing, and now you're you're releasing something as an artist. How does that totally. feel? Totally. Well, I love being behind the scenes, actually. And I kind of always say to everybody, I'm a Jonathan, not a David. Yeah. And it's amazing people will respond, no, no, you can be a David. Don't think about yourself like that. And I think, what are you talking about? Jonathan is a legend. Like, yeah, yeah. Because he knows his lane, you know, and he knows, like, how to, like, be an armor bearer for other people. So even, like, doing this EP, I don't really see it as a transition from writer to artist. It's right. really just another outlet for songs for me, but still, most of my time will still be spent like writing with other people and like you know, sewing into their projects and what they're doing. Um, but what a fun thing to like be able to like maybe bring some songs that maybe didn't have a home anywhere else, or songs that I kind of feel like, yeah, the, the, for this season, this is kind of what I want to say. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of what the EP is about. Like, it's like definitely got like a bunch of songs on there that like really were kind of significant songs for me in the season that I was in. You know, one of the songs, Fearless, is a song that like I um, that I wrote out of like I'd never struggled with anxiety before. Yeah. And when I moved to the to America, I started to struggle with anxiety really badly. Um, started having panic attacks. And um, I remember going to the doctor a few times and like to to maybe go on medication for it and. And I was so, like, fearful I couldn't get, even get out of the car when I would go. Yeah. And I remember my pastor, um, you know, I go to an amazing church in Nashville called The Belonging Co. Um, Alex and Henry Celia, the pastors, they're also from Australia, from Planet Shakers, and they're just the biggest legends on the planet. Nice. And I remember Alex saying to me, you know, God wants to set you free from this. And I, and I, and it made me panic even more because I thought, yeah, but don't you know that I love God and that I actually am trying to get free from this? So it felt, like, intimidating. And she was like, hey, like, there's no... There's no pressure in that. That's just not who the Holy Spirit is. And she goes, why don't we just pray about it? Like, let's just go downstairs and we'll get in the presence of God and we'll worship. And we went downstairs into their basement, which is kind of where we started church. Um, and we just started, like, worshiping and praying. And, like, and she just got this word for me. And she just said, you know, Mia, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, just do what would please me. And I love the Holy Spirit because when he uproots something, like, it has no power to grow in your life anymore. And, like, he can say something in a moment that just sounds like something you've been trying to get free of for forever, you know. And he's, he, she said that one thing to me, and, like, the root of my anxiety, I could never pinpoint it, but the root of my anxiety was not wanting to let people down and not wanting to, like, really not wanting to hurt people the way that I'd felt, like, maybe hurt along the way. Yeah. And it's amazing how God started to just do a healing work in that and, like... And I remember, like, even the Holy Spirit saying, like, it's a great thing to be courageous, and I and I want you to be courageous and to, like, step out and to have faith. But it, but I felt like he say, him say, like, but ultimately I want you to live without fear because there's no fear in love. So I want you to live fearless. And and honestly, like, I have not struggled with anxiety since. And any time I even feel it kind of creeping up, I just think just, you know, that one word, just do what would please me. Yeah. So kind of like, you know, so many of the songs are kind of rooted in that, rooted in like even things that have worked at our church because I'm a big believer of like, you know, the church is a good decider of whether praise and worship songs work. You can write great yeah. songs, but like if, if people can't catch it, then right. it's not great. <laughs> He's going to do something great with it if he wants to do something great with it. And it totally. could be uh, an audience of 10 or... 10 million. When it's funny how we measure greatness. I think sometimes yeah. we measure greatness by like, oh, did, 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 did it go platinum? Did you sell a million copies? Yes. But honestly, like, you know, I was saying this even to someone at the conference today. They were like, you know, well, like they were talking to me about the business of songwriting. And I said, like, 
can I like encourage you like to not get caught up in that? I said, honestly, um, I don't I don't look at, look at CCLI charts. I don't look at royalty statements. I don't look at radio charts. I don't look at any of that. I would never even know where a song is at, like unless someone emails me. You know, like our publisher emailed me the other week and said like, hey, did you know like the song you wrote with Lauren is number one again this week? And I was like, oh, is it? That's nice. Well, like, Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle, yeah. yeah. That's um, that song first, you know. And, yeah. And honestly, I, I had no idea because I was like, I just don't watch that stuff, you yeah. know. And I, I celebrate it, like, you know, if I get the email that says that, like, and I'm, ha like, I was super pumped for Lauren, like, because I'm like, what an amazing journey she's been having as an artist, yeah. and like, well deserved because she's such a legend, like. But I also kind of was like, man, like, I measure things like by like. You know, I get a Facebook email from someone saying, hey, you don't know how much that song meant to me because of X, Y, and Z. You know, even at this conference, a lady came up to me and she said, like, I didn't know you wrote that song with Kerry Job. I'm not alone. And she just goes, you don't understand. My, um, she had her, her daughter pass away like a few months ago. And she goes, I have, like, sung that song over myself so many times. And I thought, well, that is, to me, that's the mark of success. Like, that yeah. it was, like that it was a lifeline to someone in their journey and that it pointed them to Jesus. Like, and that's the whole point. I think we get caught up in, like, the most rubbish way of doing things. Oh, comparison and measurement. And, and just, like, yeah. you know, even in, like, you know, I love, like, I love the Bible that says don't, like, don't, don't become, like, caught up in the pattern of the way that the world does things. Don't, like, don't right. conform to, the, to the, pat the world's pattern. And, like, the world's pattern is, like, you know, so that like let's measure everything by a non-kingdom standard like by a really temporary standard yeah. and I just I don't want to live like that and I you know that's why I'm I'm so grateful like to be part of a local church and I believe in being part of a local church I don't even know if anyone's listening and you're feeling like frustrated get part of local church because I go like it's you start to become anchored in, in like we're building like something that is of like far greater worth than like whether our song got recorded or not, or whether yeah. I got a publishing deal or not, like I want to be someone who is like, man, did I did I chase after his heart and did I did I do the things he asked me to do? Did I make people matter? Did I like did I carry like did I carry him well? You know, did I carry like right. what he's about? That's beautifully said. Hmm. I, I'm not really sure how to respond to that because I'm not editing this at all. We're just going to go like roll right out. Sure. It. Hey, beautiful. I love an unedited version. Normally people want to edit what I've said because usually I'll drop a few faux pas in there or I'll say something like really inappropriate. <laughs> Which I appreciate, actually. Um, <laughs> it's because Australians don't really have filters. Like, we just right. like... It's, well, Canadians are similar. I'm not Canadian, but I was flying back from Toronto yesterday. But at least Canadians will apologize about it. Well, they, but they don't <laughs> stop apologizing, so you can't have a real conversation with a Canadian. Yes, you can. Like, that means that <laughs> Canadians... That means Canadians are the gym. I always feel like Canadians, like... I like like when they say, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Like I think, "Gosh, you're so nice." Like yeah. Australians would just be like, "Get over it." My co-host is from uh, from Canada. He's from the Toronto area. Oh, so you're area. gonna like rub it in? That's oh, great. I am. That's the only reason I said Canada. that is because I know when I post oh, this, he's Canada. gonna. Oh, I'm from Canada. I can do a Canadian accent, I think. Let's try it. Let's hear it. Oh, I'm from Canada. I'm from so sorry. It's really great. There's lots of roundabouts there. You're close. Yeah, yeah, you're getting there. But you, you can't, like, completely strip out the, uh, the the Sydney dialect, though. That's the problem. Is Australian, our, our inflection is, like, pretty, it's kind of sing-songy. We ask everything like it's a question. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you don't sound like you're from New Zealand. I can do a New Zealand accent, All too. you got to do is plug your nose and you're sick. I mean, I can't agree with that because I feel like it's, it will be used incriminatingly in, in the future. Someone will find it and record it. Oh, and I have the, some of my uh, closest friends are New Zealanders. There's some great people from New Zealand. They'll be like, 
This is actually, actually, there's a show in New Zealand that's like, um, it's like the cops of New Zealand. It's really funny. It's like, but it's like dealing with like really stupid problems. Like here it's like, there's been like a chase because like someone has robbed a bank. In New Zealand, it's like, um, police 10 has been called out on the road again. Officer fella to he's very upset. <laughs> Apparently, somebody's kit's got stuck up a tree. Like, it's like really they, stupid. They, they have nothing else to report like on. It, it's so funny. Like, it's actually a really funny show. Well, I'm sure that when uh, when Peter Jackson left after he filmed all the movies, they were like, we have nothing to report on anymore. I, uh, well, I guess so, yeah. But then they went back and recorded Hobbit, all the Hobbit movies. Yeah, and that wasn't none of those were worth reporting on. I don't know. There was like some... I liked the dragon. Well, yeah, but that's Benedict Cumberbatch, so what's not to like about that? You knew oh, that right. was him, right? I did not. Well, that was him, yeah. I think if you have the name Benedict, then you're kind of a legend anyway. Well, or you get uh, beat up, one or the other. I would just call him Benny. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. yeah we're, we're like way off track, but that's okay. That's okay. Quick, bring it back. What's the segue? Well, I don't know. We've talked kangaroos. We've talked ashes. We've talked some songwriting. Yeah. You've got a show that's going to come up. You've got a sound check very shortly, and I'm keeping you busy, and you want to talk to You're Paul. You're fine. I wouldn't call it a show. I would call, like... It's worship, right, this yeah. afternoon? Not that I'm trying to be like that weird like Christian that's like, oh, I don't I don't like, do a show. I'm not a performer. I don't performer. do a show. I'm not a performer. I'm performing for She's an audience of one. She's playing with her hair while she says that, yeah, by the like way. Yeah, like I'm doing like the Christian wig. Like, I'm just like, performance of one. Like, uh, performance for an audience of one. No, um, but it definitely is like, like we're just going to do worship today. You know, anytime I get asked to come and do this stuff, like... People, you know, like, I think, you know, there is one half of my life, like, where people are saying, you should do, like, all of your songs. But to be honest, most of the time when I come and lead worship things, I don't, like, pick a bunch of Mia Field songs and, like, hound the, hound right. the like, congregation with it. Because I think I actually would rather you enter in to his presence and, like, his, and like just be able to, like, engage than, like, be standing there with open eyes trying to learn lyrics to songs you know new songs you maybe don't like, know you've never heard this before but uh, we're yeah, going to do this but sure I... let's like all like enter in and lean in and sing it together I love new songs but I think there's a way of introducing it and I don't think like playing six new songs to people is like helpful for them to like right. have a worship experience if it was a concert then that's a that's venue different. for that but if you're that's worshiping different. and you expect participation if it was a concert probably no one would come I'm a terrible performer I don't know what to do with my hands yeah and so did like, you just hold the microphone like, I think I, like, kind of keep, like, saying, like, awkward things because I feel uncomfortable. Like, last time when I was, last CMS, I, I, I said something super inappropriate, like, because it was, they were trying to fix the sound for the ride around. And, like, we're all just sitting on stage just waiting, like, and, like, kind of, it's, like, the, the crowd is really quiet and uncomfortable. So I just, like, lean forward and I say, I just want everybody to know that my jeans are so tight that my ovaries are in my neck right now. And everybody was, like, cracked up. But then I thought that was probably super inappropriate. That's awesome. But they were that tight. They were so tight. I was trying to stretch them out. And that was really a good, that was a good opportunity to do that, you think? Well, I think it was probably, like, the wrong moment, the wrong time. But it definitely disarmed the room. But you so. were speaking truth. In the, and that, there's something to be said for that. And the Spirit was leading you. And we've, we've discussed yes. how important that is. Indeed. Yeah. And I sometimes think if you make yourself the most awkward person in the room, then nobody else feels awkward. I absolutely believe that. I, I actually do that like all the time for the sake of setting an outside boundary that everybody else can be comfortable within. So I guess I guess like the moral of today's like interview is embrace the awkward. Yeah, and actually that's a good title. We can call it embrace your awkward with. It's Mia, right? Not Maya. Yeah, it's not it's, Maya. No. Okay, I knew it was Mia. With Mia. Me. Mia means mine in Italian. Oh, so it's my field. Yeah, it means my field. Isn't well, that cool? That's very cool. 
Yeah. My name's Joe Brookhouse. It's Joe's house by the creek. So your house is ha your name's House by the Creek, Brookhouse. Sure. House by the Creek. Yeah. His well, Joe, does Joe mean house? No, Joe means Joe. Joe. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's not nearly as cool it's as Mia Fields. It's not special. Yeah. But that's okay. It's your name. He knows your name. See we should what do I did like there? a Craig Ferguson end to this. Do you ever watch Craig Ferguson's show? No, I don't think he it's He likes funny. to end his interviews with an awkward pause. Oh, okay. So like I'm we into just that. got to a point and we all just kind of went, oh. So. Um, Let's talk about. Well, if you're not going to edit it, I better not say that. What? Well, go like, ahead. Go ahead. We in, can. In Australia, like me and my sisters, we would always say like if there was like a moment in a conversation where like it was like weird, we would say. So I hear the Ebola virus is pretty nasty. Want to talk about that? And then like it would be super, super awkward, like super awkward because like it, it's actually kind of relevant now. Like I'm like, oh. See, I wouldn't think that was awkward, but I don't know. But apparently it crystallizes your insides. And so it's probably not a great, like it's probably not a pleasant conversation topic. Would that mean if you got like hit by a bat, you would like, like a baseball bat, you would like dissolve into I don't just know. crystals? I feel a bit sick talking about it. It's yucky. Do you? All right. Because well. I'm a very visual person, and so like I'm getting like pictures of like like a body, like yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's gross. Sorry, audience. Come back well, with us. Awkward pause. Maybe we should like sing Holy Spirit or something. Yeah. Do you want to just start start leading us I in could, worship I now? I could like sing some of my the first song I ever wrote. See, Carl Albrecht is behind us, and he's apologizing for oh, playing I the drums. Oh, he's such a legend. He is, but honestly, uh, him and his wife are like two of the biggest legends on the planet. They are like. The most pastoral, most amazing, warm, yeah. encouraging people that I know. So that's better than the Ebola virus. See how we got off that? We went from Ebola to how much of a legend Carl is. Yeah. I think that's a good place to stop, don't you? Yes. I mean, are you, we could just keep talking and recording, but, you know. So um, the moral of the story is embrace the awkward. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me.